Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Hello, beautiful people. It is Tuesday, November 23rd, week 12 of the NFL season. The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming off a dramatic but upsetting loss to the LA Chargers at SoFi Stadium. They now take on the Cincinnati Bengals in week 12. This is All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at All Steelers Talk. Make sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at All Steelers. And as always, follow your favorite podcast host at Nostrack, at Donnie Drew. Donnie, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-4-1. and one. Things went from very good to maybe on the brink of putting your back up against the wall. How are you feeling after the loss in L.A.? Is it weird that I was like encouraged but not encouraged at the same time? I feel like there were some really good aspects you could take away from that game. And then there were other just kind of uh, key points throughout the entire course of the four quarters that we watched where it's like, wow, like these guys are not a good football team, you know, and that was mostly yeah. on the defensive side. But yeah, remember, you're missing guys like Mika, guys like Joe Hayden and TJ Watt. Um, you know, so it is going to be a bit of a step down. So I feel like for the most part, it was it was a a fun game. Herbert went and balled out like, you know, we thought he would last week on the podcast. And yeah, I mean, they, they came away with the win. I feel like they were the better team overall, but uh, certainly not ready to throw away the season quite yet for the Steelers, though, but a very big game coming up against Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree. Huge game against the Bengals. The, the game, it was exciting, right? But like it was super boring. I was talking to my barber today and I was like, the game was like fun. Like there was never a moment where you're like, man, I just want to go to bed. But the whole time, like you could just kind of sit there on your couch real peacefully. You weren't like screaming, yelling because like it never really felt like, oh, this game was close. And then all of a sudden it was tied. And you were like, well, okay, then. Okay, let's keep it going. And then obviously, you know, it ended as it ended, which again was very undramatic. Um, Shout out Miles Killebrew. I think that that is a player that has been very underlooked in his addition to the Steelers because he doesn't really play good defense, but that's his second blocked punt on the season. I I mean, you can't ask for it. I think that's what Jordan Dangerfield probably didn't block two punts his whole NFL career. Miles Kilbro did it one season, so I think a very underlooked part of that. Um, Injuries, and then there was Devin Bush. I feel like those are all the big takeaways of the loss in L.A., Let's start with uh, COVID. Let's start with Eric Ebron. So, all right, all right. Let's go with the negative. Eric Ebron, <laughs> surgery on his injured knee, caught a touchdown pass. Literally caught his first touchdown pass of the season. Got hurt. Probably ended his season. Probably needs uh, knee surgery, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Could likely end a season. The Steelers promoted Kevin Rader to the active roster, which is pretty much a clear sign that like. Yeah, okay, Eric Ebron's done, at least for the time being. Is it even a, Is it necessarily a bad thing that he got injured? I, I don't want to say it's a good thing, right? Because, yeah, it's never a good thing anybody we, gets injured. Right, and we've seen some really talented play from Eric Ebron through the short time he's been in Pittsburgh. Um, what I will say is I feel like his time in Pittsburgh might be coming to an end. That might have been his last touchdown as a Steeler. Um, Pat Fryer moved the balling out like he has been the entire year. I mean, he, he looked pretty solid on Sunday. 
Um, Zach Gentry has certainly improved his play from the, you know, the first time we saw him in the Steelers uniform. And Kevin Rader, I thought, had a pretty decent preseason. Now looks like he's going to get a shot to be tight end number three on the Steelers active roster, probably play a little bit more special teams as well. So I feel like the offense doesn't really, like, change his dynamic any, if at all, because Friermuth is just, like, imposed his will at the tight end position. He's definitely kind of um, made sure that second-round pick price tag has been worth it thus far. But I don't know. It, 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 it sucks seeing him hurt, but I just like, I saw the news and I'm like, okay. You know, like, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't really like, I, I hope he gets better. I hope yeah, he doesn't yeah, get surgery. But like, I don't think the Bengals are kind of like tearing up their entire game plans and starting over from scratch, right? Yeah, no, I, that's, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I feel like it was just like an, okay, sounds good. Like, that stinks. Like, Zach Entry, at least we get to see what he does. Because if anybody's getting re-signed after this season, it's going to be Zach Entry. It's not going to be Eric Ebron. And then you have Kevin Rader. I don't really think Kevin Rader does anything, but Zach Entry didn't do anything last game, so there was no point for that third or that third tight end. I think this is a much better situation for the Steelers. I was going to ask, is that his last snap as a Steeler? And I think you answered that as yes, probably. He wasn't getting a whole lot whenever he was healthy. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I know the Steelers do um, like to roll out those two tight end sets. So I, I think that's why they were pretty, pretty willing to get Radar in there. Cause I, I know, like you said, um, those like backup tight ends aren't really as of use, but on the off chance you do want to go double tight end. And, you know, one of your guys is hurt, you are going to need that third tight end. You never know with guys playing special teams too, that those guys do get hurt a lot. Um, so I'm all for it, but just in terms of Ebron, yeah. I mean, I, I really feel like his time in Pittsburgh is coming to a close, and I, I I feel bad for him, but at the same time, I don't because he has underperformed a lot since. He yeah, it's. Really, so I mean, th- 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 this guy was supposed to be another dynamic for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, and for a majority of the games that he's played in, he has not been that weapon that we saw in Indianapolis. No, no, no. It's definitely, I mean, he was a very cheap option, but still it was not the tight end that everybody expected him to be. I feel like that's every tight end that comes through Pittsburgh. Have you like Ladarius Green vibes from him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, better, definitely better than Ladarius Green. Right, but, I, but... but I understand what you're saying there. On the other side of the injury front, Ray Ray McLeod headed to the COVID list. I, I believe he tested positive from what I have heard. It's another, t- it's another positive test. This third in two weeks since Ben has tested positive. Um, on top of that, it's really the Steelers' last option at slot. And truthfully, Ray Ray has not been playing terribly at wide receiver the last couple of weeks. I think it's a significant loss for the Steelers. Am I wrong? Not because with Juju already down, um, you know, Claypool just working his way back from injury. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just have a Deontay and James Washington there. Uh, Ray Ray did a lot, including kind of taking on the ownership of, you know, returning punts and, you know, sometimes kickoffs. So having him back there uh, definitely helped more than it hurt. With Ray Ray out, though, like, who are they going to put back there now? Do you put Deontay Johnson back there? Like, do you? No, no, no. I think, if anything, Anthony McFarlane might be active. You could see a Steven Sims-type situation where he gets called up. Um, Maybe Anthony Miller. But I think Anthony Miller's time on the active roster never got started because he – he, did you see his IG post where he put the the meme up when Steven Sims got called up? It was no. have you ever seen that TikTok where the guy like he he sees like super explained out things that could be very easy? Like it's like yeah, yeah, that 
Yeah. That's what he tweeted. He tweeted that guy. He just put him on his IG story like for like 10 seconds. Then he took it down. Of course, a hundred people screen grabbed it. Like 10 of them sent it to me. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, chances are he's getting cut. He didn't get cut, but I don't think he ever ends up on the active roster now. It could be a Steven Sims type situation. You could see Chase Claypool in the slot. I don't know. I think that Ray Ray kind of leaves a hole that nobody was expecting. This could also be the time that Anthony McFarland is kind of forced in here to play a role. Could finally see like, okay, is this guy good or are the Steelers correct in not giving him helmet? Then maybe he's really not good. That's definitely a possibility. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't want to judge Anthony McFarland off of how he plays as like a receiver, you know? Like I understand but that's, that's probably that's what he did a lot in the summer. Matt Canada had him play in slot as much as he had him play in tailback. I like maybe more at times. Dude, I, I just I feel like McFarland is definitely a running back in this league, not a receiver. And like I know guys like um what's his name? Uh Cordero Patterson exists yeah. for Atlanta, you know, where they can kind of be a little bit of both. Maybe that's the case here. Maybe we do have a an Antoine Randowell, you know, that could do a little bit of everything here. But I don't know. I, I feel like if, if you throw him out there and like I I don't I'm not a practice every day, but I can't imagine him taking a lot of reps at receiver throughout the season and kind of knowing the playbook in and out as a receiver as compared to knowing the playbook as a running back. So I feel like if they put him in there and he does bad. I, I wouldn't want to kind of like hold it against him, though, you know? No, I, I'm not saying like a full-time slot position, though, but I could see him kind of filling that role, like being that underneath type receiver for a little while while they need him. Like, because you're not going to put Cody White out there in the slot. If you call yeah. up Steven Sims, he's played five offensive snaps with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're, you're not going to say, hey, go play a full-time role straight off the practice squad. You're not going to put James Washington in there. It's going to be a Chase Claypool thing. You want him to move around. I'm just saying, like, maybe Anthony McFarland slides his way into the slot at times. Maybe so, slides his way in as, like, that extra slot guy at times. I just think that's an option. So maybe you're talking, like, perhaps running a two-running back system to where you have, like, Ben and Shotgun with, like, Najee on one side, McFarland the other. And shot McFarland out to decide, like the Steelers like to do, just put their running backs out wide, kind of see what the defense is giving you, and then you move from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only in this instance, which I agree, that's what should happen. But I think in this instance, it's going to be like a Matt Canada motion where like for some reason he moves the entire offense from one side to the other side. And then he runs a jet sweep to chase Claypool on the five yard line when Najee Harris is in the backfield. That's what I would do. Can, can we can we talk about how I thought Najee's season was done for twice? Not one time, two times. First off, the second hit. With the elbow, not a dirty hit. I'm sorry. It's not. If Cam Hayward's hit is not a dirty hit, and I was not in L.A., I watched it on the couch like everybody else, and all I saw was Cam Hayward punch Justin Herbert, two fists, boom, to the stomach, and I went, ow, that probably hurt real bad. I, I could understand. If Cam says, I didn't mean to do it, I trust I didn't mean to do it. If the dude who flew into Najee intentionally meant to throw an elbow, I mean, that's on him. I have a hard time believing that in the heat of the moment, your arm just wasn't in the wrong place at the wrong time. Plus, that probably looked like it hurt. Like, yeah. you just smoked your funny bone off of a running back's helmet. Probably not the most pleasant feeling you've experienced as a football player. Those are my two two takeaways with the Najee thing. I'm sorry to, to interrupt you there. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, thankfully, he's fine. Thankfully, because his knee bent really weird on that, mm-hmm. uh, on, on, on that second one. And, man, I thought... 
thought we were going to have to see a lot of Betty Snell, which would not have been a good thing. No, nah, the whole season's over. If Betty Snell Jr. is your starting running back for the remainder of the year, you might as well hang it up. You call the James Conner cut a wash. You should have re-signed him. Ben Roethlisberger, you kidding me? No way. It's over. The whole season, blow it up, start it over. That's your only option from there. Can we do a second podcast where we only talk about that? Because I have a lot of strong opinions on James Conner and why it was a good move for both parties to move on. Uh, it was definitely a great move for James Conner. Huge for James Conner. Yeah. I mean, you're out there. You get firsthand experience of James Conner and what he's like now. Is he he's good? A, he started to grow the uh, the, the mold. Yeah, the rat tail. It's disgusting. Yeah, I don't like it. No, it's gross. Is he good, though? Is he a nice guy? Like, I can tell you – just from my short experience with James Conner, he was uh, he was quiet as an interview. Yeah. Didn't really want to talk much. Um, he gave a lot of good answers, I think, just because that was really the first time we got to talk to him. Yeah. Um, but some of it was like people asking him about Pittsburgh and like how he would like reflect on it. And obviously he's going to say, hey, you know, like I had a good time. You know, we were a good team, but they didn't want me. So now I'm here. So now I'm kind of focus on the future. It was also in training camp, so like he really didn't know like what his role was going to be and like how much game time he would actually see. He didn't see the guy in front of him, Chase Edmonds, getting hurt and him leading the NFL in touchdowns with 13, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, but, the, yeah, but the guy is the all-time um, vulture. Couldn't think of the bird's name. Yeah, all time <laughs> The guy blew my. He took Mike Tolbert. Mike Tolbert was known for one thing ever, and that was being a vulture in fantasy football. James Conner said, "Nah, that's me. I'm very thankful that I drafted him in like the third last round of my fantasy football draft. I will Same. forever thank the fantasy football gods for that one. That's a great time. I'm glad that James Conner's doing well though. Yep. Who is not doing well? Which we just spent 13 minutes talking about Ray Ray McLeod and Eric Ebron, which do not touch the surface." of what this podcast was supposed to be about because today's episode should have started and finished with Devin Bush being terrible at football. Mike Tomlin realizing Devin Bush is terrible at football. Devin Bush's dad saying, let me actually, I screwed up that timeline. Devin Bush, terrible at football. At one time, okay at football. Now terrible at football. No, he was good. He, yeah, he was, it, it, he was it, good. It, it, Never it, really it, had a shot. His first like year and a half was really promising. Promising. Promising is a good word. Devin Bush, promising at football. Devin, then Devin Bush, really bad at football. Injury in between, obviously. Devin Bush's dad. Devin Bush is very good at football. Devin Bush to back up his dad. Worst football performance I've ever seen Devin Bush put on by a mile and a half. Mike Tomlin. Yeah, maybe Devin Bush isn't so great. Is this the beginning of the end of Devin Bush? Is Devin Bush is his de- is nah, he dead as a steal? I'm I'm not I'm not willing to go that far. I understand he played bad, and I'm not happy with his play at all. As you know, just some big dude who sits on the couch doesn't get paid millions of dollars. Um, what I will say though is I forgot what play it was, but there was a play where Chargers scored a touchdown. I think they were inside the ten yard line. And I think it might have been Austin Eckler that walked into the end zone. But there was a play where Devin Bush was engaged with, like, I think it might have been a tight end. Literally, just kind of face-to-face with the tight end. Eckler or whoever was running the ball runs right past him. Doesn't even move. No. Doesn't even look that direction. That was Eckler in the end zone. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't move. Doesn't try to, like, get off his block. Literally sits there. And I'm like, my guy. Yep. You at least gotta show something. You you Chris Call. You, you gotta pretend 
that you're trying to make that tackle. Yep. Chris Collinsworth tried four or five times to say that the Steelers defense like missed an assignment, blah, 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 throughout the night. And which Chris Collinsworth shade is a whole other conversation that I think we should have because I've never witnessed it for years, for three years now. I've never witnessed it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But Devin Bush, three, three or four times, Chris Collinsworth was like, oh, that's a blown assignment by the Steelers defense. And then it runs the replay back. And it's like, no, Devin Bush was there. He was just four steps behind the guy that he was supposed to be covering because he's terrible in pass coverage. I mean, what's the expectation? You said he's not done. Is it just like, uh, this is what we have to live with. Let's hope Joe Schobert's better. And then I guess we draft another inside linebacker. So let me ask you this. Because he's coming off the torn ACL, right? Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Just your yeah. your your personal opinion. Yeah, I think it has everything to do with it. I think that's like the main reason that Devin Bush has played bad. It's because he doesn't. I don't, and I don't think I think it's a combination of physical, and I think it's a combination of mental. I, I don't. I think two I think things it's have just mental. Like, yeah, he, probably. He, he, he's running fine. Like I, I don't think the physical ACL part is like hindering him. Like he, he, he looks fine. Like whenever he does decide to want to go find the football, he's pretty darn fast. He, he's not quite like top speed Devin Bush, like we saw rookie year, but he's all right. Right. He, he's good enough to kind of fill in the, the blocks there. But dude, like this is completely different. Like he, he's not even, it looks like he's either like thinking too much or not thinking at all. Like no in between, like there's no instincts that are like taking over whenever he goes to fill in like the, the running lanes and stuff and the, all of the gaps, he over pursues almost every single time. It's like, he's not even looking for the, a running back. He's saying, Hey, I got to get between the tackle and the tight end here. I'm just going to go run as fast as I can into that hole. And hopefully there's somebody there with the football, you know? Yep. He is. It, it's, it almost is like, he's like afraid to make contact. And I guess that's not an excuse, but like, I feel like at the same time, maybe it is because these are ginormous men, yeah. terrifying men. Devin Bush is a little dude. He is not the biggest of the guys. My guy, if, if you're playing middle linebacker, especially in the NFL, especially in the black and gold with that logo on the right side of your helmet, dude, if you're afraid of contact, you better stop playing. You, you need to stop, stop playing. playing dude. But that's, Get, I mean, you have to, you do have to accept the mental aspect of it because I feel like people kind of – you're either going to label them dead or you're going to label them as hopeful that one day this could click back on because those are your two options. People – it's the same with Saquon Barkley. It's the same with Zach Banner. It's either these guys one day will be back to who they were or they will not be, and then they will stink because Devin Bush either goes back up or he's done because he's not the future at inside linebacker right now for the Steelers. So I, I do agree with what you just said right now, but going back to the mental part, like whenever, whenever we talk about like mentally, right. Do you think he's thinking, Hey, like I can't move as good because of my ACL. Or do you think no. he's like bad play in the first couple of weeks is like, dude, I, I can't make a play. Like, what am I doing? Like, I, I'm, I'm like thinking too much. Like it's so like cloudy up here. Like, no, I think, I don't think that he sees that he's playing. I think he knows that he's playing bad. Yeah. I think that, it's it's like a pullback almost. It's like something in his his mind is like, okay, look at like I could get hurt again. I believe that his. I mean, I read his Ed Courage uh, award nomination or winner or whatever the article on Steelers.com, and he talked a lot about how like being alone in that 
process really messed with him. And I could see how maybe there's a part of it where he's just like, I don't want to go through that again. And maybe he doesn't mean to, but it's probably hindering his play enough to the point where he can't make a play, you know? Yeah, and I feel like we all need to remember too. Like, it's not like he's going out there and playing bad on purpose, you know. No, it's definitely think, not. Like, yeah, I, I think it's that's the furthest thing from the truth. But man, like, is he not good right now? But it's like, who who else are you going to put in there? No, you're not going to put anybody in there. That's the thing. It's Devin Bush or nothing, and it stinks that we have hit a point where you have to acknowledge is Devin Bush done. But it's not like is Devin Bush dead right now? Is this the beginning of the end right now? It's like eh, maybe next year. You don't pick up his fifth round, his fifth year option. Really quick though, can I take a victory lap? Oh yeah, of course. Perfect. What is this? I've been on this podcast for, for a year, for a year. Consistently mm-hmm. said that this man Chase Claypool cannot high point a football and come down with 50-50 catches to save his life. Over and over again, we've had people. I've had people come at me, <laughs> tell me, hey. Chase I was like, Claypool, I dude, six five. He's he's a young guy. Let him figure it out. Nah, he shout out to Smitty from around the four one two because he encapsulated this perfectly. I don't even know that's a word of what I just said. Said Chase Claypool plays like he's five eleven, and I could not agree more. Could yeah. not agree more. No, I agree. There is there is no deep threat when it comes to Chase Claypool. You're basically banking on him beating somebody with speed or drawing a flag down the field. Dude, he the craziest part about him is for two games, he played like Juju Smith-Schuster. Yep. And then it just disappeared again. It was like, oh, okay, we're back. You hurt your toe. It's it's over. Like, I don't know. I agree. Chase Claypool is – he's not what he should be. I don't want to say he isn't what was expected. He's not what he should be. And shout out to Derek. Derek to get Fridays on all Steelers talk. He's saying the Steelers' best deep – Right, right now is Deontay Johnson, and that's not how it's supposed to be right now. No, it's not definitely not. Yeah. Facts, you're very true on that one. Devin Bush, spotty, Jace Claypool, spotty. Before we dive into this Bengals game and the significance of it, let's talk real quick about how Cam Hayward might be the defensive player of the year that will never, ever, 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 ever get recognized. I'm just going to show you, like, I get that this play ends with him punching Justin Herbert right in the stomach, but this play is phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. Look, the, you can see him. You, He's coming out of nowhere. 45 yards down the field. 45 yards. He's right there. Taking off. Slight jog. Ends up at the 10-yard line. My man makes effort plays that no one in the NFL would ever even think to make. Ever. You know, it's bad whenever your wife is like, why is Cam Hayward making a tackle 15 yards down the field? I'm like, you know, that's a great question. It's a great 15, question. 45. Because 45. That dude has heart. And to kind of tell off of your point, a defensive lineman not named Aaron Donald probably isn't going to get a whole lot of recognition, at least when it comes to major awards and stuff. I forgot who it was. Somebody on Steelers Twitter was like, who would you put for the Steelers defensive MVP? And I expected a lot of like TJ Watt, which deservedly so. I mean, TJ's an animal in his own right. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of Cam Hayward votes out there. And you know, the more I thought about it, like he does a lot. Like he, a lot of what he does, and you already said this, does not get recognized at all. Yep. He, uh, at he least leads by the more team. Than- it's, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely not by Lauren. Actually, that tweet, I wish I still had it up. I shut it down. That tweet was like, this is number 97. And then it said at, and then it added Warren Sapp, which uh, if he doesn't know who that is by now. He sure as hell knows by now if we watch that game. Yeah, maybe he didn't watch that game. Maybe he was like, I don't want to find out who number 97 is. He missed a great game. Cam Hayward, like you just said, like like everybody else keeps saying, he will never get the recognition, and I understand it's Aaron Donald's game and everybody else is just playing it. No. This season, Cam Hayward, I think, is possibly the best defensive lineman in the NFL in a class of defensive lineman that is top-notch, like ridiculously good. Frank Clark, two days ago, four hours before the Steelers kicked off, put on a clinic, a clinic for Kansas City. Cam Hayward said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do some stuff too. He was the only, only heartbeat of that defense outside of Cam Sutton, who also had a very good game, put up a lot of heart, um, really liked his leadership without Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick out there. But I kind of saw that coming. Cam just does it time and time and time again. I mean, will he even be a finalist for the defensive player of the year? No, Is that even a question? No, n- not at all. I'd have to take another look at his numbers and compare them to everybody else's, but I, I don't think he's even going to be a finalist. Dude, his numbers uh, aren't even that good. He's only got four and a half sacks and uh, no, no. seven he, tackles for loss. But the no. the crazy, like where the crazy numbers come in is it's got seven pass deflections this season. Which is we're nuts. Half, nuts. We're halfway through the year. He's got a career high in pass deflections. Last night, he basically saved the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, nearly won it for them by tipping a pass up in the air. After he with chased down Justin Herbert, yeah, with his helmet, after he chased down Justin Herbert, 45 yards come back with that i mean the the dude deserves it but i agree i don't think that i don't think he is. i think tj watt could end up as a finalist before cam hayward could and tj watts missed two games this season already um it's even more impressive that hayward is doing this without stefan to it on yeah. the other side of him taking up a lot of attention as well so i just want to throw that out there as well dude no stefan to it no Tyson Alulu, no TJ Watt right now. Last night it was Alex Highsmith who was very quiet for a lot he's of the good, game. Man. Oh, he's good. Alex Highsmith is very, very good. But Cam Hayward, it was just Cam Hayward could get triple teamed every time. Every time, nobody. It's not like Isaiah Bugs is something to worry about. Still comes through as much as possible. Like it's actually mind blowing that at 32 years old, this dude is worth every penny and more of a contract he signed two years ago. Crazy. I agree with you. He doesn't end up as a finalist. I think in Steelers' hearts, he's like already a Hall of Famer. I think in the NFL's heart, he's still kind of earning it. And I hope that yeah. one day he finds that respect because he definitely, definitely does deserve it. I actually asked him two weeks ago or something. I asked if he ever thinks about it. And he said no, but he would he would like to. And I think that that kind of broke my heart a little bit. Let's <laughs> let's move forward into this upcoming Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we'll talk more about that as the week goes on. There's still a lot to be determined before we know, you know, who's playing, who's not, what we can expect. General view, though, this game is ginormous. Yeah. The Bengals are 6-4. and four, The Steelers are 5-4-1. and one. They are both a game and a half behind the Baltimore Ravens, who the Steelers still have to play twice. I think at this point, even Mike Tomlin – said it to open his press conference on Tuesday. He said, you know, this is this is a big game, and we're going to acknowledge it as a big game. Like, that's how you know. We're hitting crunch time. This is now Pittsburgh Steelers win some football games in a row consistently like they did a couple of weeks ago 
or it's all over and this is somewhat of a bust season. I'm just going to straight up ask, how big is this game against the, the Bengals? It's pretty big. Uh, I think up to this point, it's probably the the game of the year for them. You know, this is the game where if you're going to win any of your first 11, 12 games, it's going to be this one, right? Especially after losing that first one like you did and you lose to Cincinnati and you put yourself uh, in third place in that division and you kind of put yourself into a hole where, you know, a lot of things got to break your way in order for you to climb out of it especially with still having to play Baltimore twice and Cleveland once more as well. I don't know, man. It's, it, it's big. It, it's a very big game. Joe Mixon is running the, you know, what out of the football right now. And Jamar Chase is probably winning offensive rookie of the year. If Mac Jones doesn't Joe Burrow looks great. Um, there's a lot of things working for Cincinnati right now. And I, I just think, you really can't afford to lose to the Bengals twice. And I think Mike Tomlin knows that. And I think that's exactly why he stepped up to the podium, like he said, and he said, hey, it's a big game. You know, we're not going to dance around it and call it just another week. It's not. You know, it's Bengals week. You know, it's once again the rivalry in the AFC North, and I'm glad he at least acknowledged it. Yeah, yeah he definitely had to. I, I was kind of disappointed that he didn't – not one time did he say hot in the kitchen. Not one time. Like, there should be – Maybe we could talk to SI Sportsbook or something. There should be a prop bet every Tuesday of like what Tomlin's going to say. And I bet you we would have lost people millions, millions this week. Or Tomlin would have at least. We wouldn't. Thank gosh we didn't don't come on here Tuesday morning. So I would put that over every single time. It would have been four and I would put it over. Not one time. Super upsetting. Let's ask this. If the Steelers lose to the Bengals, do they make it to the playoffs still? Is that still a, a hope for them? Yeah, it's just because right now they're still in the thick of the wild card race and one loss isn't going to necessarily deter your entire season. But just looking at it from like a trajectory standpoint, especially coming off the heartbreaking loss, the Chargers were like, if they if they would have beat the Chargers, that would have helped a whole lot. That would have helped a lot, especially after tying with the Detroit Lions. Kind of starting to see the dominoes fall a little bit. And I feel like if the Steelers are able to kind of stop any more from falling and get back on the winning track record, get back a couple of their key pieces and go make that push for a playoff run. I feel like that'd be very helpful, but I don't want to call the season over, but I don't feel like they're winning the division. So you have to go through the wild card, right? Yeah, I think you have to, but the wild card's wide open. I also don't think that the Ravens are really out of question. The Ravens are winning games, but I don't think they're winning any more impressively than the Steelers. And I think the Steelers at full force, might have an opportunity. I mean, nobody shuts down Lamar Jackson like the Steelers do. Whether the Steelers' defense is good or not, in your eyes, nobody shuts down Lamar Jackson like that. I still think that's wide open. And that's that's what I was going to ask next is, can they win the AFC North? I, I truly yeah. believe that they can. Yeah, they, they absolutely can. I feel like any team in the AFC North can. It, it's such... It's such a tight race, but the thing about that is that, like, I don't feel like any of the teams are, like, great, you know? Yeah, um, nobody in the game. AFC is is great. Nobody, nobody in the, the AFC NFL is good. Great, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the the NFL is about as mediocre. The parody is about as, as smooth as it comes. And I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. It's a great thing for Ben Roth for 39 year old Ben Roethlisberger and a very average Pittsburgh Steelers team. It's a fantastic thing. Because if they walked into the Super Bowl in February, would you be surprised? The Steelers? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You'd be yeah, surprised if they, they, they somehow made it through the AFC. 
who would uh, like who who would you who really who would Can't stun you? What would be the stunning victory to get out of the AFC? Walking into Arrowhead and beating Pat Mahomes, yeah. But why does Pat Mahomes is just as close to a number one seed as the Pittsburgh Steelers are right now? Right, but bro, like the it goes back to the the trajectories, man. Like Kansas City's won four in a row. Like they're really getting the groove back. They just be a really good Dallas Cowboys team. This Baltimore just won three in a row too. Baltimore's on a winning streak too. I'm not worried about Baltimore. I, I that's what I'm saying. What if Baltimore gets the one seed? What if New England gets the if New England gets the one seed? Belichick's winning the Super Bowl. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other count. We're not going to do that to people right now. It's week 12. Baltimore doesn't scare me. I said from the beginning, they got worse in the offseason. That's continuing to prove itself week in, week out. They are they somehow just beat the, the Bears with nobody at quarterback. They are somehow the luckiest team in the NFL whenever it comes to them. Oh. They, bro, they should have lost to the Bears. They should have lost to the Vikings. But Crazy. they didn't win. But they didn't. They didn't. They won both of those games. So you, you – the Steelers should have lost probably every game this season, but yep. they didn't. They didn't. They're here. They're five, four, so and one. I, I'd be surprised if they beat Kansas City in the playoffs. I'd be surprised if they beat Buffalo for a second time in one year. Buffalo looks terrible. Uh, I'd be with the way New England is playing right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd be. Shocked. Oh, New England would shock me. Yeah, New England would shock. Um, me. Tennessee wouldn't shock me. Maybe if they had Derrick Henry back, I, I might understand. But even whenever he was playing, like they just weren't a good team, he, like all around. Um, there's really nobody else, though. I mean, but it, it's been like that, though. It's it's been Kansas City, Buffalo, and kind of like everybody else. But like you just said, even Buffalo's getting boat raced by a Jonathan Taylor led Indianapolis Colts team. You know, that's what I'm saying. Then honestly, Jonathan Taylor is the most terrifying man in the NFL. He said, "Oh, Derrick Henry's leaving." Sounds good. I'm just going to take my step up. Yep. You just took one step forward in line and then just took off. Um, I don't agree with, I agree with none of them except for the Patriots. I think that the Patriots might be the scariest team in the NFL right now because Bill Belichick still lives in my nightmares. And I mean, I'll say it. I hate him. I think everybody else hates him that grew up a Steelers fan. That's just who you are. If there's one man that knows the Steelers in and out, if there's one man who knows Mike Tomlin, no. What he likes to do in and out. Dude, Bill Belichick knows my little brother. Bill Belichick knows a grandma walking down the street. You can put anybody in he front of me. this man and say, coach against him. He knows you. And you can, and he'll be I like, yep, got it. I already know their entire game plan. I've, I've stocked their Madden pages. I had somebody sitting in their window while they're playing Xbox. I know what they're about to do. That's what Bill Belichick would do. That New England's the only one that would scare me. Kansas City, I do trust. I think they're a very good team. I, I think they're a team that the Steelers could probably beat if they ran into them at the right time. Maybe I'm being a little optimistic. Um, what probably was your other like team? Buffalo. No, nah, Buffalo's a joke. Buffalo's, <laughs> until Buffalo gets a running game, they are the Pittsburgh Steelers of 2020. That's who they are. You can't win a Super Bowl like that. Um, before we uh, head out of here, I did want to ask you uh, one question because – our little segment about who should be the next quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, I actually want to ask you two things because I for, almost forgot about it once again. I'm really bad at this. Um, before we last last week, our segment about who makes most sense as the Steelers quarterback, next Steelers quarterback, kind of blew up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to ask you, uh, you know, again after the weekend, your answer was Derek Carr. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree with the Derek Carr thing still? Because so, Derek Carr. So, Yikes. So you asked me 
Realistically. Yep, realistically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, not sure they're, they're willing to throw their dice on Tua. They're, they're not going to fork over the draft capital for a guy like Rodgers or a guy like Sean Watson. Um, I mean, Derek had brought up Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I, Jimmy Garoppolo would be horrible, horrible. He, he's, he's already bad with one of the best offensive minds in football, drawing up plays specifically for him in an offense. I can't imagine the Steelers getting a hold of him. And Matt Canada with Mike Tomlin calling plays sometimes, like like he says he likes to do more yeah, than yeah. interject. I, I, I can't imagine Jimmy G here. If you're looking for a veteran quarterback that you can probably grab after this year, it's going to be Derek Carr, right? Like who, who else is out there on the market? Uh, when you first said it last week, I said, yeah, maybe. Like, that makes sense. And then I watched him play, and I was just like, their car is very bad at football at times. Very, yeah, he's, he's very not bad. He's not great. And I think both of you and I know they're probably not going to go get a veteran quarterback. They're going to go with Mason for a year and kind of see where things I, go off from there. I feel like I agree with you there. But when Jay Glazer says – Jay Glazer, goes, Jay Glazer yeah. teased a huge news break last year. A huge yeah. news break and only, only brought everybody to his attention and said, oh, hey, this offensive lineman has called it. That's it. Yeah. He's a clown. He's a clown. I don't know about that one. I he's think that clown. him and Mike Tomlin are like best friends. If, if he, they're going to know. If he, and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, they are. They go to dinner every time he's in town. I That one I know for certain that him and Mike Tomlin are very good friends. Very good friends, actually. That's like the only media member Tomlin's ever been friends with. So I think maybe he does know some things. He's also said that maybe Ben's coming back. I don't know. I think that I trust Jay Glazer a lot when it comes to the Steelers. Not that I want to, but I just – I don't want to trust anybody outside of myself. But And when that came out, I was like, man, maybe, maybe. Then Derek who, who Carr played terribly. Be? I don't know. I, maybe it is Derek Carr, but, man, I know. I watched him play, and I said – He's not going to look good behind the Steelers' offensive line. Be really He's going to look clear. real bad. I'm not sticking, like, the go-get-Derek-Hard sign in, in my yard. I, I don't want that to happen. But you asked me who I thought didn't go get, and I gave you an answer. I did, and then I watched him play, and I'm telling you, that's just where this question, the second question came from, the follow-up came from. I just watched him play and thought, man, Derek Carr is very bad at football, and I thought he was much better than this. Maybe right, I so need to watch more Derek Carr film. Let me let me throw out a couple quarterbacks for me. Andy Dalton. No, oh, gosh, no, no. Um, Russell Wilson. I mean, I think anybody'd want Russell Wilson, but he does yeah. not look great right now. But that he does have the finger injury. Teddy Bridgewater. Nope. Sam Darnold. No. Tyrod Taylor. Yes, Tyrod Taylor is always a yes. Dude's a winner. Proven, proven winner. Maybe. What about like? Would you be mad if they traded for like Taylor Heineke? No, Taylor, Taylor Heineke's a stud, a winner. He's Duck Hodges on steroids. A <laughs> big Taylor Heineke guy. He's Goose Hodges as well. He's Goose Hodges. He's Goose Hodges. Cam Newton. No, no. And my only issue with Cam Newton is uh, I hope that he does revive his career in Carolina. I tell my mm-hmm. girlfriend this all the time. Um, the only thing that bothers me about Cam Hayward or excuse me, Cam Newton is his stupid hats. That's it. Like what is the purpose you wearing a hat? If you got a hole on top of it, makes no sense. I get the hair. I like the hair, rock the hair. Don't wear a hat. 
right. so no. I think that's about it as far as like potential veteran quarterbacks going. Not not a whole lot to love there, right? Not a whole lot to love. I don't think they right. look at. I don't love whatever their quarterback situation is next year. I said no. to you last time that I think a rookie quarterback you drag out two poor years, then you hope that they're good and you're back in the saddle. Otherwise, you're just going to hope that veteran comes in here and clicks immediately. Chances are it's not going to happen. Here's what you After, you, you, you finish in the 20s, okay? And for NFL draft, order-wise, finish in the 20s. You do what Kansas City and Buffalo did. You move up. You go get a quarterback. You throw Mason out there. You let Mason get destroyed by the Wolves. Throw a rookie quarterback in there halfway through the season. Oh, hey, he's a rookie quarterback going into midseason. No worries, no pressure. Go do your thing. Go get some of that learning experience. Roll them next year. Yep, I agree. Look at I do. I like that idea. I think Mason's a good bridge quarterback who's not going to win you any games, but he's easy, easy to replace. And he knows what to say. He's not a guy who's very selfish. I do like Mason off the field. Not that I would hang out with him, but I like, you know, as like an off the field backup quarterback. He looks like he knows where everything is at at the uh, Abercrombie store. He looks like he stands outside the Abercrombie Shirtless. store. Shirtless. Like Zach Efron at the end yep. of Neighbors. Yep. That's what Mason Rudolph is, but way less cool. Way less cool. And I don't think anybody's going to be upset that we said that. All right. We're sending it off here. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Before we go, it's Tuesday. Donnie's giving us an IG quote so that everybody could be a little bit more fly this Thanksgiving. Never had to show off, only had to show up. I don't got a mic. Tough. Boom. Tough. Tough. That's hard though. That's hard though. Thank you, Donnie, for blessing us with. I can't, I don't even know what I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take a picture of the turkey, like my plate in front of me, and be like, never had to show off, only had to show up to dinner. Post. Probably get 15 likes, maybe 20, which is a good IG post for me. I don't have a lot of friends. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at All Steelers Talk. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at All Steelers. And as always, all your favorite podcast hosts at Nostrack, at Donnie Drew. Maybe he's got some extra IG quotes for you on the Twitter. Make sure to check him out. We will see you maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. It's happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your week.